And do you know what, Slu? Well done. You've succeeded. Ruin my evening. The drop back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson. Welcome back to another edition of the Dropback Podcast. This week, I'm your host, Stan Wilson, and I'm joined, as ever, down the line by Sam Lewis. Hey, Stan. Matt Burns-Peak. Hi, Stan. And, recently back from his bus trip, Joe Costanzo. Oh, hello. Yeah, I, 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 take, I take the bus to work. <laughs> well, I'm an ordinary guy. <laughs> I'm a regular guy. <laughs> I was just going with ordinary. I'm just a standard guy, you know. An average Joe, some would say. Some some do, some do. You you are one of those people, aren't you, Joe? An average Joe. Yeah. Mm. He's an everyman. He is an everyman. One of the people. One of the people. A man. Of one the of people. the boys. Right. Let's get cracking with all the talk from this week, and let's start with the second London game: Finns versus Jags. Matt, how much did you have to drink after this game? Fucking kill me. <laughs> Um, I mean, to be honest, like, I, there were, I felt there were some positives for the Finns. Like, I felt, I actually thought two had played all right until he threw that horrendous pick where it just looked like he forgot to use half of his arm to, to throw a pass. But, um, I mean, the, the RPO stuff worked. We actually started to do some offense that looked like it was somewhat tailored to the players that we have. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, like our, de- our defences couldn't get off the field on third down. Seemed to be able to win first and second down quite quite regularly. And then third down, we just do a big old whoopsie. Um, I mean, fair play to the Jags. They, they always play pretty well in London. And uh, the misery continues. Yeah, I think those Jags are still just below 500 in London. But they do play them hard, don't they? They, they play them hard they, and play them well. they were four and four. Or maybe four and five, to be fair. Maybe they just got back to 500. I think we, we were blessed with a yeah, few you years shut your mouth. like them playing well and then... Yeah, we realised that the Jags. Well, Tua does Wars look awkward when he's throwing those sometimes, doesn't he? But there were times where he looks very much like a guy that is actually throwing with his wrong hand. What, Tua? Yeah. Joking he is. Joking um, secretly he's a right-handed quarterback. And he is right-handed. Well, I, know that. I, know, I know that, but do you reckon he's actually a right-handed quarterback and he's just been having everyone on this? No, I reckon he's got several broken ribs and he's literally playing with like some weird... He's had, he's had to have some weird... like chest thing put yeah, that's, that's not one much that's a factor because that's looked like the best game I've ever actually seen Tua play in the NFL no, we're going to do the whole slate <laughs> no I'm not I was, I, was, I, was, I was just noticed from a physical standpoint there is a clear difference between Trevor Lawrence yeah he's not Tua. six foot three with fucking no but like even, even just the, touch, about his... the touch on his passes and every like the ball placement no, but... everything yeah yeah no, yeah, I'll, no I'll one's questioning that Trevor's a better quarterback than Tua at this point yeah well, I mean, yeah. they're both at the same hype at the beginning of their last college football season, but let's not talk. But do you reckon I the Dolphins ever just like, should we just see what he can do with his right hand? Like, do we test what? it? No. This can't be a serious conversation point that you're putting to me. No, it's not. Wait, what position do you play again? 
Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you. Me. No, the other slew. You With said moustache. Uh, quarterback. Uh, yeah. How could that be a real question then? Like... No, it was a it was a joke. Obviously, it's a joke. It's a He's trying to get a reaction from me. Trucking. And you know what, slew? <laughs> well done. You've succeeded. Ruined my evening. All right. Well, I'll play it back. Like two did play well, especially early on. I thought you were going to absolutely cream them. And then they got points at the end of the first half. And yeah, it was just... And like your team sort of just... The the air just went out of them. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if we are, are going to look for positives here, then we can at least look for positives in Mike Kosicki, Jane and Waddle. They both had fantastic games. Hell yeah. Jane and Waddle looked fun. He did look very fun. Got a lot of, uh, two first round picks. Got a lot of targets. <laughs> but I, I mean, to, to caveat the fact that yeah, I think Tua played well, and there are a few decent performances elsewhere. It just looks like the vast majority of the roster has kind of given up, to be honest. Like Slew was saying, like as soon as we concede points, everyone just sort of is just like, oh, we're going to fucking lose again. Basically, since the Bills game last season, that's become a pretty regular occurrence for the Dolphins. Well, the Week 17 like, one. The Week 17 loss to the Bills, where we had the, where we were winning in to get into the playoffs, and we absolutely shat the bed and had it like, I can't remember, I think it was either the second quarter or the third quarter where we just absolutely had like a 10 minute spree of just being shocking and gave up on, they, they put up like 20 points or something in like a really short amount of time. And literally from that moment, whenever we concede points or like we, we, you know, we don't get a field on a third down or something like that, or there's a turnover against us. Like this team's just got no backbone anymore. Like we just think we're going to fucking lose. Um, like Whose fault we, is that? I mean, I think quite a lot. It sort of feels from the outside looking in like some of these players have have tapped out in terms of their commitment to this coaching staff. And uh, I mean, in many ways, I can't blame them, especially the offensive players. I mean, this whole double coordinate thing has been a shit show from day one. I don't know why anyone we, we, that's a good idea. I mean, it's bizarre, right? You've got two coordinators who one of them one of them picks the play, and then it goes through the quarterback's coach who gives the play to the quarterback and is able to add in any comments that he wants as well before it. It's like, how many fucking... Just get one person to pick the play and tell the dude. Yeah, they've had to, like, come up with a complex process just to justify it when, in reality... And I, I Yeah, and I, I feel like it's a lot of ego feeding as well, to be honest, because I think they, they had this plan to do double coordinators at the start and then realised quite quickly it doesn't work. But then, you know, what, do you demote one or do you fire them both? Like... It's one of those situations where you've, you're in a position where you've suddenly got to please people because you're I mean, relying on multiple people to do one job. One yeah. of them is more likely to be less involved in play calling duties and more involved in just installs and helping during like weekly practices and stuff. Don't have him be OC then. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, They're OC... install guru or some other weird name. Install guru. Install guru. But yeah, I mean, so that, that's been a bit of a shit show from the coaching staff perspective. And also that the back end is like the Dolphins last season were great on defense, like did a really good job on defense and getting turnover take takeovers and stuff. And this season it's just been we've been gashed by big plays all over the shop. I think there is the caveat as well that a lot of your defense is this sort of man and we're just gonna send the house at you. Mm-hmm. So when you're missing your two corners that can actually line up against most receiver duos man on man and win a majority True. of the time or at least keep it competitive and you don't have them, like you're gonna be in trouble. We've also started to move away from the uh, the sort of amoeba fronts that we did quite successfully last season. And I don't really know why we've started to do it. 
Um, but we, because we used to, especially on third downs and stuff like that, line up in that amoeba front and then with the, the attention of, you know, making it difficult to know where the blitz is coming from. And we've massively gone away from that this season. Um, I don't know if that's a personnel choice or a coaching choice or whatever, but the Dolphins' defense has become quite predictable in many in many situations, which it definitely wasn't last season. Do you think that's because you're not able to put teams in those third and long situations where an amoeba front becomes more effective? So you can't Maybe. run that amoeba front against a against a run, especially like when they're dropping out based on which way the line slides. Like it yeah. ruins your run fits if you could do that on like third and three. And yeah, true. Players well, leverage as well. Of course, I, th- I mean, honestly, I think the Dolphins' defense is suffering massively because of some of bad personnel decisions this offseason. I think you know, getting rid of you know, players like Shaq Lords and stuff like that. Yes, they might not have been, been players that stood up on the stat sheet every single week last season, but they were good for us. Calvin Noy seems like a good one from a leadership like as yeah, a vet Luke, has been there before. We seem to have gone in the direction of picking like players that are okay, but like um, you know. But like be like be talents that have that like have a good ethos and a, and a good hardworking players and have like a good story rather than like talented guys, like which both is good. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, yes, yeah, I, I I just think that that offense defense can't get filmed third down, and the, the, I think I still think the play calling on the offense is a shit show. You made a note about like what happened personnel wise in the off season. Is this a little bit of a cautionary tale about the whole? Oh, let's just trade everything we've got to accumulate a load of picks and be bad for a season because then we'll have high picks because there's still the lottery of actually getting those picks right and then the two are draft like you had three first round picks that was a bad bad draft who were who yeah. let's let's say the jury's still out until it could go either way was it was it austin jackson jackson austin jackson, austin jackson and Noah, Noah, who so played Noah, this week so i Noah, mean but, all three no. played this week look at that Brilliant. Yeah, Noah Benonier is a bust. I mean, I, I, I'm out on him completely. I, I, I thought he was a weird pick when we picked him, I, but, you know, had potential to... He was one of those who's like, he's a great athlete, could be... You know, if we can teach the fundamentals, he could be could be a good player. He's just not... He's Isn't he basically following Marvin Jones the whole game? In, the, I mean, in that game. He looked like he was on the left-hand side. Thought, yeah, it was more on the yeah, left-hand side. Jones isn't, is a fantastic isn't he game. more a slot corner, like yeah. a nickel corner? We, we draft him to be a, a nickel or a slot corner. But played on the outside he, on Sunday, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah, did. but but out of necessity. But I mean, he's just he's just not that good. Like he's just not got the he's not got the instincts to be a top corner. Um, Austin Jackson looked decent at, at times last season. Has massively fallen away this year, just like most of our O line have. And obviously, like you said, to a. You know, who knows what two is at this point? Like, I, I feel like he's a quarterback. Where if you if you've got a game plan that meshes completely with his skill set, it's got a lot of RPOs and stuff like that, and you build your team in a certain way, then yeah, two could be good for you. Mm. But he's been not fantastic on the twenty seventeen Eagles. But... Yeah, I mean, definitely right. But like the the, the Dolphins are team isn't built in that way that you know Tua can be the guy to be honest like he's not a Trevor Lawrence where you could put him into lots of different situations and and offenses and you could probably still get a decent level you know you have to have a, a playbook that's tailored to, to Tua and it just feels like we just don't do it for most of most of the games that we play do you think that if a new coaching staff comes in next year or maybe a new GM there's a chance that Tua doesn't ever really get that chance because they'll want their own guy or has he proven enough that they'll give him another go at it? I think that's a I real think... chance, to be honest with you, considering the fact that he's, he's going to have had two years 
or two, well, one and a half year for argument's sake as an NFL starter. And I, the, the whole Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen uh, situation kind of set a precedent for... I think that it, it lowered the time. It lowered, it lowered the clock that rookie quarterbacks have on themselves to prove themselves. And I know that like around the league and around like fan base in general, people are getting sick of Tua. Like obviously that might not be reflecting the attitude of general managers. But yeah, if a new head coach comes in next season or a new coaching staff comes in, I would not be surprised if they do just move on from Tua and they get their own guy. And especially if you finish with a high draft pick this year. It's also bad because of the style that Tua plays. Like if he was a physical mm. freak, you're like, right, if we can just get him to do this, he'll be effective. Like maybe we can turn him into a Josh Allen, which is never going to happen again because Josh Allen's a freak. And I don't think you can go, oh, we've got a big arm. Let's just turn him into Josh Allen. Yeah. But like, what's Tua's ceiling that he reads the game well and he's not doing that right now? I mean, to be honest, I, I think like, I think whatever head coach, if, if Brian Flores does get sacked, I, mean, I don't know if I'm necessarily at the point where I think Brian Flores should get sacked. I think you could pretty much pick every other coach that's in the building and get rid of them. But um, I think if, you know, if in, in reality where the Dolphins did go for a new head coach, I think one of the caveats would be that they'd go for an offensive guy to try and see what they've got with Tour a bit more. To be honest, I think it'd go the other way. I think, yeah. 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 Can we spend like a, a little bit of time talking about the Jags, who actually won the game. Yeah, I mean, fucking definitely. They actually played way better, so... <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. I thought Trevor Lawrence, throughout the whole game, he looks like he's kind of learning now when not to force a ball in. He did have a few forced passes that luckily most, I think, all went for incompletions, but... Um, yeah, he didn't throw an interception this game. He did not. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he just doesn't seem as eager to force a ball when it's not there. And also his team did him no favours on the day. There was like a period of time where they were pretty much dropping every single pass. I'm fairly sure most of his incompletions on the day are, are drop passes. And one thing I said while I was watching the game, it's weird when you're so used to watching Jaguars highlights uh, and seeing LaVistus Chenault you know, take all these uh, catch and runs and thinking, oh, he's, he's a pretty darn good player. When you watch a full game, like he had like five or six drops on the day. It was it was ridiculous. Yeah, six receptions, nine targets. Really? Yeah, but I think every yeah, single one of those that was incomplete were drops. I swear. I remember at least two two ones where it's like you got to catch that ball. Okay, fair enough. I've done the the classic over exaggeration, but it felt like five or six to me. It's always just so painful to watch. You know? Once you see it, though, you notice it the other times yeah. it happens. Yeah. Um, but why the hell was Urban Meyer ever letting Carlos Hyde anywhere near a team that has James Robinson in it? Yeah, stupid, right? He's fantastic. If you've got a back that's averaging your every single play at over three and a half yards per carry, then you keep him in. Like this game, obviously he hit way above that. But yeah, he's just he's so much more versatile than Carlos Hyde. He gives you so much more in the past game than Carlos Hyde ever could. So yeah, no, it really just doesn't make any sense why they would ever use him over James Robinson. Actually a great yeah. runner as well. He looks he a lot more shifty this year than he did last year as well. Yeah. I mean, last year he was basically used as more just a physical guy, go forward and get three yards at the very least. Yeah. And now he's got a little little bit of hustle on him. It's nice a bit to of see. wiggle. Costanzo wiggle. You know what's worth, worth thinking about, though? If uh, Travis Etienne hadn't been injured in pre-season, we probably would have 
We'd never see him. He'd yeah. probably never see James Robinson. Right? That's also maybe why he's playing so good. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I don't know what they're gonna unless they use them. I know that they do use um ETM more of a scat back and put him in that sort of LaVisca Chanel role a little bit more. But yeah, I don't know why when you've got a back that's proven as a bell cow. Yeah. Like he's, he's shown that last year wasn't just a freak. Why would he you draft know? Travis Etienne in the first place if you've got James it makes, it's, it's, it's still, it's still mind boggling. I've I heard some rumor that it was because they were wanting to use him as, as a receiver. And yeah, have him play like a Cardarius. They did Tony have him kind of role. Yeah, you've just hit the nail. I think apparently they wanted Cadarius Tony, and then and then then Urban Meyer panicked. Urban Meyer, so uh, he he needs to just he needs to get with the NFL. Why was the first say, year NFL coach of that much say in their draft? Also, yeah. Urban Meyer needs to smile yeah. when his team. I was going to say, dude, fucking <laughs> celebrate, man! Like he's got nothing to be happy about at the moment, though. Yeah, he was. He's, like... probably, he's probably got a divorce pending. <laughs> He just he, looks he like just... he's about to faint all the time. It's weird. It's, it's ill. He's, he's obviously, obviously having a he's, shit he's, time in life. He's but, um yeah. he's getting ready to, for that um that medical exit of, for um football. Oh, damn it! Now I can't just leave. They want we won a game. Shout out to Matt Wright though, as well. The yeah. completely unknown kicker who came in and I I think I think Jags may have missed every single field goal this season up until Matt Matt Wright. I think they made their first one like last week, I believe. Wait, is that a thing? That can't be right. We're in week six. It might have been. It was. It was either last week or this week. But yeah, Matt Wright went five for five, three no, field first, goals, the first two extra three field goals they scored was this week. That is unbelievable. How can you be that shit kicking? Like, do you remember when the Bucks signed Roberto Aguayo and then were like cursed for two seasons but not be able to? Or the Bears? Yeah, yeah that was funny though. That was that was different. This is just sad. <laughs> It is very, very sad. Yeah, but that was a bit, a bit of drama at the end of the game, nailing uh, two like over fifty yard kicks, which is in this year's league very uncommon because it seems Unless like everyone's missing kicks. Yeah. Unless your name is Matt Prater, or well, even Justin Tucker's had a few missed ones. Yeah, yeah. the kicks have not been sank very well this year at all. Are we happy to wrap up there now and just head our, turn our attention towards the Dallas Cowboys game against the New England Patriots? Can I say one more thing? Go for it. I'm just going to have one quick whinge. That, um, go on, Matt. That um, unnecessary roughness out. call on Javon Holland was the most bullshit thing I've ever seen. There we go. Done. That's I mean, it was. wasn't as bad as the one um, that Kyler Murray got for a push. Yeah, that was really soft. He didn't even fall over. I mean, I mean rest needs fucking get it together. Yeah. Like, also, the game was over at that point as well, the Kyler Murray one. Oh, my ridiculous. The Jamal Holler one actually was a big deal though, because it, it completely it, it basically set up their their first touchdown. So uh, not yeah, they, need, they need to implement something to to stop people overreacting to like because you've got it now. There are so many like receivers and stuff in the league who just overreact every time they're touched and just flop on the floor. You don't want to DBs and put on push offs who say that, but you kind of have to because otherwise you will just get abused. Yeah, but you don't want to get to a place where like normal football's in right now, right? Where there's a consensus of you know football players dive around to get free kicks, but also unless they dive around, they don't get free kicks. Mm. Like that's you, yeah. you don't want to get your sport into into that position. Yeah, I do agree. All right, as we now look towards the Cowboys game against the Patriots, I want to I'm going to hand the mic over to Slew. You're a massive fan of Dak Prescott. To be honest, it pains me, but I'm a massive fan of this entire Cowboys offense. They're just really <laughs> good. Go. <laughs> it's You're so such fun a to watch. Closet Cowboy. 
Oh, I hate it. I don't so think much. he's even close to it at this point. He's loving it. He's loving the, no, being on the Cowboys bandwagon. No, the, this Cowboys offense is my favorite unit to watch. Probably in the league right now. Fair. He's got the boots on. He's got the Cowboy boots on. He's Cowboy, all, all the way up, up to the knee right there. But, I mean, that, Dak's basically got Comeback Player of the Year sewn up by now, and he's coming for that yeah. MVP trophy. I know Stan's going to whinge about a little man out west, but it should be. <laughs> <laughs> little man out west. Yeah. And even, I mean, if you, and it works this way if you give the MVP to Dak, you can give Zeke the Comeback Player of the Year again because he looks like he did in his first couple of years in the league. And he absolutely, Matt, you're pulling a face right now, but Zeke is one of the best running backs in the league right now. Okay. And then you got C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. And apparently Dalton Schultz. Phenomenal. Apparently Dalton Schultz is good now. Didn't see that one coming, but hey, if you get if you get that. But yeah, Joe, you're right. C.D. Lamb is a great wide receiver. And Amari Cooper isn't dropping stuff. So whenever he's not dropping stuff, he's among the best in the league as well. And then you got Kellen Moore calling some creative stuff. And then you got, what's he called? What's um Big Mike McCarthy playing mind what's voodoo? Playing mind voodoo, knowing when to kick field goals, even though it's absolutely the wrong decision, because he knows Trayvon Diggs getting that ball back. Obviously, yeah. Trayvon Diggs is just Marcus Peters, but to a higher extreme. Mm. Yeah, it's ridiculous. There's either PR or an interception. There's no in between. And he, he is the sorry, Joe. Go, go. coverage. It's not just an interception. This is quite often a a significant run back or a fucking pick six as well. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah, he's just, I think he's got the most, well, he definitely is the most picks, but I think he's also allowed the most yards in coverage as well in the league. Yeah, it's, it's really backwards. Like, does it, do they cancel each other out? Is he not, is he not then the ultimate prototype ball? I would, I would absolutely take that, especially with how good the offense is. I would rather a guy was ball hawking than just a shut down defense because they don't need it as much. True. If they're putting up as many points as they do per game, you can kind of get away with just having a maybe a worse defense, which is obviously what the Cowboys have relative to their offense. So yeah, because this offense is going to be able to hang with every, anyone in the league anyway. So if you get a turnover or two a game, then you're pretty in a great position right there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Patriots. Mac Jones looked good. He was throwing five yards the whole time, apart from that 75-yard one where it was a complete blown coverage. But yeah, I mean... That's the sort of style of QB he is, and that's the sort of style of offense they're running. Yeah, it's not fun to watch, though, is it? No, but it's effective. It was the best game he mm. played this season. And yeah, that 73-yard, it, I mean, is definitely more on the safety than it is on Diggs. Yeah, 100%. Who completely whiffs on a post route. It's like, yeah. well, Diggs is behind him and outside. It's like, well, he's not supposed to be able to cover the inside there. Yeah. Damien Harris again had a great game. 18, mm. 18 carries for 101 yards. Phenomenal season he's having right here. Mm. Kind of out of nowhere as well, to be honest. Like, we're so used to Patriots running backs being like a committee and famously difficult to work out who's going to have more than five touches per week. But um, yeah, Damien Harris is uh, making it his own a little bit. Does that make him Bill Belichick's fa- favourite running back of all time then? No, I still think that's White, Jonas, Jonas, Jonas um, Gray for that too. To one week period against the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, Matt's right. It's James White is his favourite running back of all time. Maybe Rex Burkhead. Where do we see the Patriots finishing this division then, considering how close of a contest this was? Second. Second, yeah. Second behind the Bills and then the Dolphins and then it's the Jets. Very second. I mean, the Jets might catch the Dolphins. Let's be real. Right, let's, okay. Well, let's not be stupid about this. But yeah, I, I take your point. Are, are, we, not, are we not going to act like the... Um, 
what what are you call the Dolphins aren't one one fumble away from Damian Harris from being zero and six right now. I mean, I don't know about that. Well, you do know. I don't know. I don't know about all that, Chief. To be honest, like, get to know. I'm not worried about. That. I don't think we're gonna. We're not gonna bottom out this fucking season or anything. Like, I, I, I think we'll get some wins. It's just we're not gonna get anywhere near enough. Well, I mean, you've got an opportunity for a win next week. You're playing against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I mean, we'll just fuck that up. But we'll, yeah, maybe. Do they not have we'll a bye see. week coming off London? No, um, weeks, weeks, week seven. They are playing the Falcons. See what well, that's fucked up. Yeah. So, so I would be the most winnable game other than the Jets that you'll play, and they're coming off a bye week, and you're coming off international travel. Yeah, we've got both of our corners out as well. You say arguably the most winnable game, but they did just play the Jags. Well, yeah, but that's gone. They lost it. <laughs> it's clearly one of, was a winnable, Joe, was it? It's it not winnable now. In hindsight, it was completely unwinnable. Didn't have a chance. <laughs> How best. long are Xavier, um, Xavier Howard and Byron Chains out for? Um, they were, I mean, they were quite late decisions for them to be out, so I'm hoping that means that they've got a decent chance to, to be active this week. Um I think both are shoulder injuries, though. So we've mm. seen before shoulder injuries can be quite n- sort of nagging ones that, that keep coming back. Yeah, I would like to apologise to everyone. I made one dig at Matt about the Dolphins and we suck- we're back on Miami talk. So apologies, everyone. Yeah, you did that yourself. There's a little loophole we keep going, falling ourselves back into, isn't it? The, do- the Dolphins appear in every single little uh, <laughs> topic we delve into. Despite being one and five. Yeah, we're like one of the most irrelevant teams in the league right now, but... Let's keep it that way then. heavily on this podcast. So, are there any other general takeaways you guys have from this week that you want to just discuss and uh, cheer do you think? Um, do you think Kellen Moore should have the head coaching job? Yes, 100%. Give it to him now. Give it to him now. That's not, all the, he- now. That's not all the head coaching's about, though, being a good play call. But if you don't, like, oh, if because you don't, Mike McCarthy's going to be a great head coaching. What, yeah. he, what he learned in his basement for a year. <laughs> When you feel it like that, the way the way I look at it, like you get to the end of the season, Kellen Moore is going to have a bunch of interest as a head coach from a bunch of other teams. If you're the Cowboys, you can either get rid of Mike McCarthy and and have Kellen Moore be your head. We don't even need to, to be honest. He's probably asleep in his office. You can just wheel him out of the chair. You won't even notice. No, you're right. If if the question is, would you rather lose Callum Moore or Mike McCarthy? It's Mike McCarthy every day of the week. Yeah, I, I do agree with you there, but I just want I just my point was there is a lot more to being a head coach than just calling an offense and like installing an offense. That's true. That's yeah. fair. Correct. Is, those are just two bits of the game. Obviously, but they're very sizable chunks, but yeah, no, I I do agree. Kyle that... Shanahan is finding out. Sorry, what? What? What are we talking about? Oh, oh. Do you want to, to, say, you got to get off your chest? Yeah, like to elaborate on that? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just just thinking. Joe, happy with your Ravens performance this week? I'm I'm more than more than happy. Yeah, you look it. It was uh, it was a weird one, isn't it? I'm just like really surprised that we're doing this well, given how many people are injured. So am I. I will be honest. I I didn't have very high expectations. And Patrick Queen was down in the first quarter, and yet our defense played phenomenal the entire game Anthony yeah. Averett who is a completely unknown cornerback is now our starting se- like second string corner and effectively locked down uh, mix of well locked down whoever he was covering last week despite being completely 
dicked on the week before, to to put it lightly, by Michael Pittman. Yeah, and because you were able to get up so early as well, you like you completely negated the Chargers' run game. They ran for what? Didn't stop them fucking trying on first and second down though, did it? Bloody hell! <laughs> they, yeah, but they ran for they only ran twelve times in the entire game. That is silly. That's bad. Yeah. So he just gets silly. angry whenever whenever teams decide to run on first down. I get angry when teams decide to run on first down when they can't run on first down. I've got no issue with like with you doing it on first down because you absolutely destroyed them and it works. But if you're running for the sake of running, then yeah. I don't and I don't really see the benefit of it. I'd run with Joe on first down. Oh, I meant the Ravens, but yeah, Joe, if he's in the backfield as well, absolutely H back dive every single time. Fucking cannonball. Yeah, uh, I, just... I no, I was surprised by how well your defense played. Like it was a mm. pretty stellar performance. I'm not surprised you're able to run all over them because are you the best running team in the league? Like statistically, I think we might be. We've pr- pretty much proven uh, the complete argument against my original idea of having one uh, feature back. But... <laughs> 187 <laughs> like... yards across six different rushes is pretty. Yeah, I- I'm pretty sure we had. We've just collected old retired guys, pretty much. <laughs> with hey, if it works, Devonta, keep it fresh. De- yeah, Devonta Freeman, Lev Bell scoring. Latavius um, Murray as well. Latavius Murray, who wasn't that uh, anything stellar last year with, with the Saints. Hey, hey, it, it, was kinda... fine. it was fine. It was Latavius fine. Murray has been doing a decent job for a number of years. I mean, yeah. he averaged like three point something yards a carry. In a big bag. That's a fine job, Joe. 3.3 yards is 0.1 yards away from a first down if you do that three times in a row. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and if you do um, it again on fourth down, there you go. You sorted, so you should just... Also to be fair. <laughs> Statistically, See, yes. my, math, my maths is sound. Yeah, I was... Um, it kind of proves that w- we can pretty much have anyone step in there and perform. And... We we were in the fourth quarter. I mean, obviously it was the fourth quarter and we were winning by loads, but we were pretty much cycling a running back for every play, just like a new running back, bringing on fresh legs. Um, I don't think that the Chargers' defense, to be honest, is very well equipped to really handle the run. They've kind of struggled the to... running unit yeah. running defense in the league. That's the one. So really... Maybe people were kind of overhyping how this game would go and kind of telling it as a tale of two quarterbacks from the beginning. Uh, I don't think when it, it, when under, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be. I don't think you should be underselling how good the Ravens' performance was. Like you shut down one of the base, one of the best offenses in the league so far this season. Yeah, yeah, because we're a cut above, mate. That's been very. <laughs> it was very impressive. Another little uh, takeaway I had from this week was that the Raiders—they're back. Under their new interim head coach, Way Rich Bisaccia, who has been coaching since 1983 and has never had a head coaching gig of his own at any level of the sport, they he comes in for his first week at the helm and defeats the uh, Denver Broncos 34 to 24. Are the Raiders back in business, or is this just a one-off against uh, a middling? I mean, they didn't stop being a good team overnight because of the um, because of the the Gruden stuff. I mean, like I can see how that would have a significant negative impact short term. And like I I thought that they would they would slip up on, against Denver for that reason. Um, but I think we've seen enough of the Ra- of the Raiders this season to know that they are actually a good team, a much better team all round than we gave them credit for at the start of the year. Maybe it's yeah. an advantage of not having to 
players not having to go into the week off answering questions about what the hell their their coach is doing. Yeah. Just get rid of the fucker. Yeah, it's also that I think the Broncos aren't probably a very good football team. Maybe flat just as Eve going three and zero against teams that are at that point were zero and yeah. nine. Which... That's true. But yeah, Derek Carr looked really good again. Like he had an off week, mm. and people were like, "Oh, here comes the classic Raiders um, downfall." They play a couple of good weeks, and then their coach gets fired for being an absolute twatic. Um Classic. Raiders. And then the season falls apart. But uh, I still, I still, four I still and don't two think now. they're a top team that they looked after the first couple of weeks of the season because their defense still isn't phenomenal. But I think they'll be. I think they'll be frisky and maybe make a wild card push. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I mean. So, and how much it? of today was just sort of, oh, let's go prove the world wrong kind of stuff. Yeah. If they played the Chargers today, who would you back? Well, actually, no, provided they had another six days rest. Um, oh, Chargers. actually. Chargers. Oh, I don't know. Because the Chargers, Chargers are absolute piddle shit against the run. So you could see Josh Jacobs and Ken, Kenny Drake actually looked quite, quite good this week. Yeah. He was good. I mean, he can rush for longer than Josh Jacobs can. Jacobs' longest run of the day was six yards. Doesn't mean he wasn't effective, but... They're different kinds of backs, though, aren't they? They are very different kinds yeah, of backs. but you would traditionally favour Jacobs to you know, run the ball more. Well, you, 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 you do. Like, Drake only got four totes all day, so... But yeah, I mean, I if, if you're the... talking about... Uh, uh, I was going to say, if, you, if you're talking about a matchup between the Chargers and, and the Raiders, I actually think the Raiders are in a better position to exploit the Chargers' weaknesses than the Chargers are, vice versa, right now. Now, I think oh, we're overthinking to one bad game that yeah. the Chargers have had. Other than that, they've been pretty brilliant. I think they could probably do a good job against this um, offense, defense especially. Maybe. Yeah, if you're comparing, I mean, just the, the coaching of the Ravens defense compared to the Raiders defense, besides of talent, then, yeah, it's not really comparable, to be honest. And it hasn't been for years. So, yeah, I do agree with you there. So we're all back in charges then, apart from Matt, pretty much. Yeah, is this game happening next week or something? No, no. I just, I just oh. thought I'd throw it out there because we were talking about the Raiders as a potential wild card team. And obviously, a spanner in uh, the works for them is the fact they're in such a tough division. Obviously, if they could beat the Chargers, then that would help them in their in their progress. That was that was the only reason I decided just to throw it out there. Yeah, yeah. Fair comment. Yeah. I just want before we do wrap this up, I would I would quickly like to uh, have a little chat about the Cardinals game as well. Don't worry, do don't worry. We're stick we're sticking to the scripts, Lou. Not there is a script, but um, <laughs> we have a, a very detailed script that we prepare every episode. Yeah, I would like to. Hence why it's so organised. Yeah, yeah, I just the, I, the Cardinals I, there converting me. Like I'm still expecting the defense to just fall off a cliff at some point, but it doesn't look like it's going to. And the fact that they can win against the Browns, I mean... They got fucked with it. Fairly, uh, yeah, exactly, a very banged up Browns. But they were without their head coach and their quarterback's coach, and it was... We've that already said what a, what a mess a big bunch of play callers is in Miami. That, that's what they had to do today. And Kyle is still able to do it. The running game is great with James Connor. James Connor was an absolute uni yesterday. Yeah. Like play calls aside, his work ethic and just work rate on the field is second to none. Like his legs never stop moving. Like he can be stopped at the line, and all of a sudden he's fallen forward for three or four yards. 
And I think that also is a credit to the defensive line as well, who have been just been absolute studs this season. Like neither of them, like sorry, none of them are massive standout performers. Like we without Rodney Hudson, Max Garcia was the starting centre this week. Yeah, and it's just been absolutely phenomenal all season. Yeah, and you you had a good. I mean, to be fair, you're not a bad matchup against the Browns. Like the way they like to do it is be very run heavy. So you just stuck eight in the box the whole time. Like yeah, there was a lot of four four, and you got up early. It's like right the bait if. Baker's not going to beat us consistently with his arm unless, yeah. unless, and then if he proves that, we'll adjust. But he wasn't able to accept basically one Hail Mary at the end of the half, which is a fluke play anyway. Like you yeah. blew them completely out of the water. And this is a team that's looked good this year. I, I do feel quite bad because our D line had a lot of success, and that was because of the lack of Conklin and Wills throughout that game. And Chubb was out, Con- um, Hunt went down as well at one point in the game. Landry was out. Beckham spent some time out. You can only play who out. you play, Stan. I know, but I I know we can only play who we play. But it was a very banged up Browns yeah. team, and it would have been a much closer game, a hundred percent, if they weren't as banged up. When did Baker go out? Was it right at the end? Nah, it was when like he... third quarter. He went out for a little bit, didn't he? Because yeah, he slid and got hit up. by JJ Watt or something. He didn't miss any time though, because he fumbled. He no. fumbled the ball. We recovered okay. it. And it was then he really came the weird fumble though, because it was like his his elbow just basically gave out as he was yeah his arm went all wobbly, didn't it? Yeah, it went all wobbly like he. It's like yeah. it's like when the opposite when JJ Watts there going like that to the sideline, you think yeah. something serious has happened. It did look really bad though, because the angle his knee was at when he went down was pretty bad. Like, I thought he I thought he was done for for like, at least a good few weeks, but to see him up again walking next drive. He's a tough guy, is Baker. Really good. Yeah. So are you basically saying, Stan, are you trying to temper expectations here by this being a blowout away at a contender by that? They are pretty banged up. So I think we would beat them happened. anyway. Yeah. I'm convinced we beat them anyway. Stan, are you gonna go are you gonna go unbeaten this year? I don't think so. No, I'm joking. You're obviously gonna lose one game at least. But it, it, I mean I think I think you guys were quite uh, Ooh, I'm buzzing for week seventeen away at Dallas. That'd That'd be be eighteen. Seventeen. Oh, wait. Seventeen. There are eighteen weeks now. Week yeah. eighteen yeah. is home against the Seattle Seahawks. So let's That's gonna be fantastic. Yeah. That next, That's fun. next week will be a less fantastic game though. We're going to a, we're playing the Texans, so Yeah. You do play a lot of contenders though, because you play Green Bay the week after, and then you play the Rams again in week fourteen, which would be a nice patch up after what you did to them the first time. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's heating up as you get through the season. It's just it's such a consistent offense as well. It's not like one week we really struggle and the defense carries us. It's every single week we're racking up points, and it's not just Kyler carrying us with his army either. It's the fact that the defense is able to make plays. The running game, the combo of Edmonds and Connor, yeah, actually works. Yeah. The receivers think... have all stepped up as well. Like, <laughs> You've the... only had one game where you haven't reached thirty points. Yeah, that's what I mean about us being the what I think is the most consistent offense in the league. Yeah. Talent-wise, as well, that offense is is just crazy. I don't think this is even this is biased at all, but to say that if, if there's one game where we haven't reached thirty points, yeah. Um, Sorry, Matt. Same, same for you. Dallas. There's only one game they haven't reached thirty-five points. That's mad. Fair play. That's mad. I was I'm, just I'm gonna. Look, I'm looking forward to the game. Say it's, uh, it's, there's it's, two. One there's time two. they hit twenty-nine. I didn't see that. I thought it was preseason. Let Matt speak. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it's, it's entertaining that between your two starting running backs, there are four first names. Okay, we shouldn't have let Matt speak. <laughs> See, Joe, I know what I'm doing. My bad. That's very interesting, actually. No, it's not. It's not. 
You know, maybe that's the key to being a good running back is you have to have two first names. Our QB's got two first names as well. But it's Edmonds, yeah. isn't it? Like, who spells their name? Maybe there Edmond. are multiple Edmund Edmundi in in this situation. But Josh Jacobs as well, two first names. Just I'm just saying, think about it. Think about it. What's the is there is there a point in here or is this just a vague No, it's just something that I realised when I was looking at the, at the at the roster. I was like, oh wait a second, those guys have both got two first names. What freaks. Okay. Don't say Matt doesn't do the research, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Great job. Great job. You want the Pickham scores? Oh yeah, I'd love to see the Pickham scores actually. Okay, so it's been another good week for do you want to get bot we'll get bottom top. So in uh, bottom place, Joe Costanzo, yeah, three and thirty-nine. Yeah, then yeah. above him, tied is myself and Daniel at sixty and thirty-two. Oh, so then Matt in second, sixty-one and thirty-one, and joint first, sixty-two and thirty, is Stan and Alex. Get on, boys! I had a, a cracking week this week. Yeah, I shit the bed. Yeah, you. Oh, where's it gone? Oh, that's. I was first. really good last week, and then this week I, I fucked it. You weren't that bad. You're eight and five. It wasn't the worst, actually. No, sorry, I, I'm wrong. It was the worst. But Joe's got <laughs> Joe's gone with Tennessee tonight. The rest of us have gone with Buffalo. Is this just you? Like, because there was a lot of games with some up. really weird picks. And are you I, really trying to claw back? I, I, I reached a point where I'm so far behind. I have to clutch at straws for upsets. It were, you went with Vegas. That was that was a single yeah, win. That was that was yeah. a good one. I did actually think that would happen. To be fair, which is why you should uh, what you should believe before you you put your game picks in. You smart. But yeah, there are a few in there that I'm just kind of like, screw it at this Could point. Happen. Yeah. Why not? I, th- I think picking Tennessee is just a bit crazy, Joe. I think you're only going to do yourself hard. <laughs> yeah, it seems like just hard. crazy enough that it could <laughs> happen, though. <laughs> right. Well, when this, when, when this podcast comes out, we, we shall see. <laughs> oh, God. We will. We will. We will. That is, that is the beauty of how time works. Yeah. Yeah. It goes forwards. Or does it? Maybe time just a concept of human perception. Oh, shut the fuck up, dude. Right, right. I'm, I'm done Rogan. with it. Let's, Stand I've done. it. Let's go. Let's, let's fucking get out of here, boys. Right. It's been a fantastic show, as always. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to check out more Dropback content, head over to our social medias, all of them at The Dropback. Our website at thedropback.com. And uh, if you find yourself wanting more American football content, head over to YouTube and watch any given Saturday a show by our very own Alex Voice Joyce. So head over to YouTube, plug that in your search bar, click on that big fat red subscribe button, and then you're happy. And like, you can do that too. Smash that like. Smash that like Smash like. Feel free to comment too. And on that note, right, it's time to end. I've been Stan. I've been Sam. I've been Matt. And I've been Joe. See you next week. Peace. The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson.
All right, guys, we get it. You've both seen Peep Show. Can we get? Can we 